There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Um, we are back. We are actually live this evening. We haven't pre-recorded another show. It's back to normal, Rich. You're back from holiday. You've had a lovely three-week uh, break from podcasting. Two weeks in lovely Florida. How was it, mate? Yeah, it's good. It was um, yeah, a bit a bit weird to be honest on Tuesday night logging on and <laughs> uh, and doing the pod. As you said, I think it's been I think it's been longer than that. I think it's three and a half weeks since I um, I last did a pod. So uh, so yeah, it's 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 nice to get away, recharge batteries. Although. I'm not sure Florida's really a place you go with young kids to recharge. I think I'm more tired than before I went. But um yeah, it, it was it was a good time. Um and back just in time for things to to kick off and go mental with uh, with drafts and things. Well, yeah, as you said, um it's draft week. What what a time to be alive, Rich. It's draft week and we don't have a, a number one quarterback that's gonna go one overall. So the draft is wide open at the moment. Um but today we are going to be going through our pre-draft rookie rankings. Um, I, before we dive right into the amount of players we've got, because we're going to talk about about what was it, Rich? We said before the show about twenty. Um, before yeah. we dive into all of that, I just want to point out that draft capital does play a part in both of our um, rankings. So post-draft, these rankings may move around a little bit, but as they are right now, are you ready to jump in, Rich? Because we'll go straight with the quarterback position. Yeah, I think just before you dive in, I just think it's worth mentioning, obviously, we've talked through kind of each positional group in in detail over the last five weeks now, uh, including the sleep show we did with Matt. Um, So we're not going to go into detail about each prospect, but I think the idea of this is really just us to talk through our finalised pre-draft rankings, and they are exactly as Liam said, pre-draft. They will, once draft capital gets added in, tweak slightly. Um, but also I would kind of want to give you guys an idea where they sit in my kind of overall rankings um, because I think it's important to give an idea around, you know, I can sit here and say, you know, 
Kenneth Walker is is my RB, whatever. But actually, does that mean anything to you in the grand scheme of things? Unless you know how high I am on him compared to other backs and where he sits overall. So, um, so yeah, I thought I'd I'd try and give you that hint and uh, try and give you a little bit more context to to the rankings rather than just pure rookie rankings as such. So you're showing me up basically because I haven't, um, I not haven't at all. them in my not at all. in my ranking yet. We talked, <laughs> you know, bring people behind the curtain. We talked about this, and you said that you you didn't like doing it until draft capital was finalised, and I I completely get that. You know that 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 was me previously. I didn't like it. I was persuaded by Dave to to start doing it, so so I've started doing it. So um, yeah, it's it's not to show you up at all. It's it's just I think <laughs> you know because it it shows the strength and weakness of a class because. You can sit here and say that, you know, a person is your QB1, but they could be a QB1, but they're actually QB30 overall, or they could be a QB1 and they could be QB5 overall. You know, it's it, that's a, a huge difference in terms of what they actually mean as such. We'll have to get uh, Dave back on so he can finally persuade me because I don't think I was in <laughs> a, a fit enough state when we had him on with my rookie rankings to be even able to look at putting them into my overall ranking. but. Rich, as I've said, we've got a lot of um, we've got a lot of players to cover, and we've just spent about four minutes talking about why we have or haven't put them in our dynasty rankings. So, let's dive in at the quarterback position. Um, we both agree on this one, Rich. Who do you have as your quarterback one in this rookie class? I think it's it's no surprise. I've been banging the drum for him for five months now. It's it's Malik Willis. I think that there was talks three months ago that he wasn't going to get day one draft capital. I think that's that's a certainty now. I think his floor is is the Steelers at I want to say 18 in the Steelers picking. Um I think uh, I believe so. I th- I think the the chances of him being a top 10 pick are pretty high. Um I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top five pick, quite frankly. And I think that his mix of elite Russian production um, and I don't use that lightly. I think he is going to walk into the NFL as a top three Russian quarterback. I think I'd probably put Lamar, maybe Jalen Hurts ahead of him, and, and then I'd stick him right in there, probably ahead of Kyler Murray. And I think he has got an incredible, in terms of just pure arm talent, he's there. Yes, he's very raw, um, and I think he's going to take some time to produce, but I think he walks in as a as an absolute fantasy stud whenever he steps on the field. So just to clarify, Steelers have the 20th pick. Um, oh, close. But I think that's the the farthest he's going to slip if he does. Um, as you've said, I think he's got the highest upside in this class. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think that he has as low of a floor as some of the people may think, um, especially when compared to some of the other quarterbacks. I'm not going to go into it because I agree with you um, on basically everything you've said. This is the... First disagreement we've got today, and we'll be having quite a couple of those by the looks of it. Rich, at quarterback two, I have Sam Howell, and I know that you're not a fan of him. Um, So who do you have as your quarterback two, and why do we disagree? So first of all, it's not that I don't like Sam Howell. I think on the podcast we did with Kenny, (laughs) I I really like Sam Howell, but I just, I can't. I can't rank a guy high that I think the NFL don't love. And I think from everything you read, everything you hear, I think he's going to fall into out of the first round. And to me, that means I basically, he becomes a third or fourth round rookie pick. I can't spend a top two round pick on a quarterback that isn't walking in to start and isn't a first round pick. So for me, Sam Howell is, you know, he's down as my QB five because I don't think he's going to get the chance to start straight away. And normally when a quarterback doesn't start straight away, unless they're a first round pick, they don't start at all. So I like Sam Howe. I think he's an intriguing prospect. You know, this is a guy that had elite production his first two years and then basically became a running back last year and and, and hardly threw the ball at all. But my QBT, I've, I've got Matt Corral. Um, people seem to have fallen out of love with him the last month or so. I think, you know, the... NFL draft hype machine seems to have dropped him down a little bit, but um, I I still like him. I think he he offers you know that lightning quick release, and I, I basically think he's to a two point oh. And 
I still believe that he's going to be a, a day one draft pick and I still think he's going to get a chance to start in, in 2022. So yeah, I'm I'm not that high on him overall. He's he's my QB 24, so he's just ahead of Matt Ryan to give you some kind of context in terms of how low I am on him overall. But um, but yeah, that, that's where I sit, I guess. I hear what you're saying. about. I'll start with Sam Howell and defend him a little bit. Um, I see what you're saying. He went from 146 yards um, rushing in 2021. No, 2020. I'm looking at the wrong um, year. 146 rushing yards in 2020. And then last year, he went to 120, um, 828. So, what, 650 extra rushing yards on the ground. So that, to me, says that at least they're, they're trusting him to run the ball and run it effectively. The th- part that I think people tend to forget is they, they tend to see the extra rushing yards and tend to not realise that he still threw for 3,000 yards last year um, on the same amount of passing attempts. So overall, he had more um, yards in both of those um categories but what i i understand what you're saying his passing production went down because obviously he was running the ball more but at the same time is it that much of an issue he's proven he can pass the ball and pass the ball well so now he's proving that he can run the ball as well and run it effectively when when he takes off he looks like dare i say it josh allen now i'm not saying that he's going to become the next josh allen that but, feels that feels a big reach compared with that comparison. I'm, I'm not. I'll be I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to become the next Josh Allen. I'm just saying he reminds me of Josh Allen in the type of way that he runs the ball. Not a Lamar Jackson style runner, but a, a Josh Allen style runner. Um, and then Matt Corral. I'll, I'll pass this back to you so you can jump in on that Sam Howell in a minute. Um, Matt Corral. I've got him as my QB three in this class, and. I, I echo everything you've said. The only difference I have between Matt Corral and Sam Howell really is that I suppose you've not Sam Howell more because of what you're hearing pre-draft about the quarterback class, especially around Howell, whereas I'm probably not listening to that as much. So that's why I've got him higher now. Four ranks higher is completely different to um, what you've got. But to, to me, I, I agree with everything you've said. The only reason that Corral is at three rather than two for me is I've got Sam Howell so high up. Um, anyway, Rich, you can jump back in on Sam Howell. No, I, I just think that, yeah, he, you know, statistically had an okay season, but he regressed in every statistical category from 2020 to 2021. You know, he, he had a Apart worse completion. Yeah, but he had worse completion percentage. He had worse completion percentage over expectation. He had worse completion percentage in a clean pocket. He had worse yards. He had worse touchdowns. He had more interceptions. Like he regressed from 2020 to 2021, which is not what you want to see from an NFL quarterback, quite frankly. Um, I I would point out. Let me just jump in there quickly. He did lose four of his offensive weapons to the NFL draft last year. Yes, it, Daz Newsom went in the sixth, Diami Brown in the third, Javante Williams, who is now a top five dynasty running back, and Michael Carter, who surprised everyone from the fourth round to the Jets. Yes, he uh, regressed, but he also lost four of his top weapons, and that's why he started running the ball a lot more. Bryce, Bryce Young lost two elite first rounds yeah. wide receivers and, and improved like we, we can see that's part of being at college it, you know you're going to lose pieces if we're sitting here and saying Sam Howe lost a third round wide receiver and a sixth round wide receiver and making that as excuses as to why he regressed I think, I think we're, oh, I think we're making excuses for him let's be um, honest that's, no. that, that feels like an excuse if you're saying oh but he lost two really average wide receivers so he regressed. Like he's he's not losing Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He he's no. losing guys that, quite frankly, aren't going to cut it at the NFL level. So I, no, I I get your point, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying let's not have that go unnoticed that he did absolutely, lose. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I really, I, an offense. I said this on the pod with Kenny. You know, my QB ranks are very flexible, depending on what the NFL think. 
And if Sam Howell is a first round pick, you know, if, if you said to me, Sam Howell, all five of these top quarterbacks go at pick 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Sam Howell's probably my QB three. I'd go Malik Willis, Desmond Ridder, Sam Howell, because I think that he's in a vacuum, the third best quarterback and got the third best fantasy potential. But the reason I've got him at QB5 is because I don't think he's going to go in the top 20. I don't think he's going to go in the top 50 picks. And I think he's going to become an afterthought of of NFL and, and fantasy teams. And, and therefore, I, I can't get excited about him. That makes complete sense. Um, we haven't got time to keep arguing about this one, Rich, <laughs> so let's move on. Um, our next two quarterbacks, so you've got them at three and four, I've got them at four and five, um, but we've got them in the same order, and that's Desmond Ridder and Kenny Pickett. Um, but looks of it, both of us aren't very keen on Kenny Pickett, and both of us are mediocre on Desmond Ridder. Um, is there anyone that you want to speak about specifically quite, from those quite, two? Quite like to speak about both if I can. I think, look, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold my hands up. If if everything goes as I as I expect, and Kenny Pickett is potentially the second quarterback in the first round, and only two of them go in the first round, then yes, he he will likely be my QB two. He's currently my QB four because I I don't get it. I don't see it. I think he is average. I don't like his. People throw around, oh, but he's mobile, he can run around, but he doesn't he doesn't produce rushing potential. Like I think there's there's two things that people are saying at the moment. He's Mac Jones and he's Joe Joe Burrow. And I just can't get either. He is nowhere near in the world of Joe Burrow in terms of that rushing production, mm-hmm. in terms of Joe Burrow was a one-hit wonder that produced late and kind of, you know, there were reasons for that. Kenny Pickett's been a four-year starter. He's been in the offense for five years. Like And he's not Mac Jones. Kenny Pickett is an averagely accurate quarterback that can create plays moving around in the pocket late. But that's not, you know, he's not Russell Wilson by doing that. He he is going to get found out at the next level with that. I don't see it at all. I can't get him. If if Carolina take him at six overall, I am gobsmacked. Um, And I I just think he's going to be a complete flop at the next level, quite frankly. Um, how people can view his his tape and say Mac Jones, I think, is is outrageous. I wonder if people are just going, oh, well, he's he's a, a not a rushing threat and he's white, so he's he's Mac Jones. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like Kenny Pickett at all, which is why I've got him ranked quite so low. Desmond Ridder, I I love Desmond Ridder. I don't get how you can watch Desmond Ridder's um, film and not love him. I think he he to me he is everything that everybody says Kenny Pickett is. He is a guy that just gets it from the quarterback standpoint. He is a, you know, accomplished starter. He is a guy that has produced at the college level. He has taken a smaller program to the college football playoffs and, and overproduced based on the talent around him. Um, I don't get why the NFL don't love Desmond Ridder. I think if he is a, you know, a top 32 pick, then he, he'd probably be my QB too, because I, I really, really like Desmond Ridder. The reason I've got him at three is that, I just think the NFL, he's on that fringe first round um, kind of contention. Yeah, I, I'm with you on all of the above. Um, he's never had the rushing upside of a Joe Burrow in college, but then he's also definitely not a statue in the in the pocket. He's very mobile, and I think that's what all of these QBs show is that they're all mobile, especially around the pocket. Um, but only a few of them are actually running and rushing properly. Um, Desmond Ridder, I got really excited about his tape. The only issue I really had with him um, was the the production numbers. <sighs> There's something more that I wanted from that. And um, as you said, he's a fringe first rounder at the moment. So if he does get first round capital, I can see him moving up my rankings very quickly so moving along rich i don't like the quarterbacks i don't like the quarterbacks outside of malik willis so let's move on and talk about something more exciting yeah let's let's get more excited for the running back so (laughs) (laughs) you're excited about the first one though right i'm very 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 excited about the first one the rest less so all right i'll I'll let you uh unwrap 
and wrap the first ranking. Yeah, I, I won't dive in too much detail because we talked about it with Dave on on the running back preview show. Brees Hall is going to be fantastic. I'm so excited about Brees Hall. He's my RB6 currently in Dynasty ranks. So the only guys, I running backs, I would prefer over Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, CMC, and Javonte Williams. And that is it. I would take him. He's ranked one spot ahead of Austin Eckler. Um, I am really, really, really excited about um, Javonte. Brees Hall, um, and to be honest, I, I, I that if that would be the case even with like mid second round draft capital. There's some potential that he might sneak into the back of the first round, but he ticks every box for me. He is absolutely an elite production profile. I think loved him on film. I have I have no concerns in terms of his rushing potential, his receiving potential. I think he is going to be an absolute stud at the next level, and uh, and yeah. That, that's that's me out. I am not going to sit here and echo everything you said. The only thing I will say is um, I think now the second round of the NFL draft is now the, like, like the new first round for running backs. I think it's not going to knock them too much if they do get second round draft capital. I just think that first round running backs will be far and few between and will essentially become an exception um, at the moment anyway, just because of how dense the uh, running back position is. But as I'm not going to echo too much, let's move on to our running back two. Both of us have got Kenneth Walker. Um, I'll start. I, I looked at the tape and I wasn't expecting huge or to be excited or anything along those lines, but I, I ended up getting really into the tape and that's one thing I look at when I'm looking at running backs it, or rookies in general, but especially running backs is actually feeling, getting that feel for the tape and Kenneth Walker had that. I mean, looking at his production profile, yes, he doesn't have any, or well, it doesn't have much outside of last year, but he, he's got a valid reason for that. He did transfer and Rich, I, I don't think I could, foresee anyone having a different running back to um and I, I don't want to become an echo chamber across all of dynasty space but at the moment i, I just have these two clear cut above the rest and within tiers of their own yeah it's funny isn't it i think two months ago isaiah spiller was was very much the rb2 but i think a, a poor combines dropped him down um look there's there's two concerns about kenneth walker it's it's the pass catching and it's the one year wonder. I think if you just took, you know, this one year and and put that as his only year, forgetting what came before, then I think he'd probably be going higher. And you know, it, it's just a case of okay, yes, he he had to transfer and he didn't get a chance, but is there a reason why? Is it just a you know a bit of a one year fluke? Um, I really like Kenneth Walker. I think he, he's going to be good. I think the receipt, the lack of receiving work is probably a scheme thing rather than necessarily him. I think that's probably being a little bit overblown. Um, he's he's my RB19. So I've got him one spot behind Michael Carter. I've got him one spot ahead of Leonard Fournette. Um, I think he's he comes in and he's, he's a solid RB2 for your dynasty team. I don't think he's going to be anything more than that. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite producer. Um I think he's. I think the NFL are going to like him. I think he's always going to have a role for the next three, four years, certainly. Yeah, I, I again, I'm with you. I'm not going to sit here and echo anymore. Um, the only thing I will say is I do think that the receiving talent is there. As you said, I just think it was a scheme fit that um, didn't benefit him there. So running back three, yet again, we um, agree with someone you mentioned, just Isaiah Spiller. Um, Rich... Isaiah Spiller, I mean, to to start off with, I wasn't, when I was watching his tape, I wasn't too excited. And I think I got into it the more that I watched it. Um, but the one thing I struggled is he didn't necessarily have that top-end breakaway speed on the tape. I, I don't know what his uh, metrics were um, at the combine, but he just didn't feel like he had that breakaway speed. However, he looked really shifty and 
could get side to side really quickly, found those gaps and found the cuts really well. Um, and that's why I've got him at three, because I just feel like the, the the other two we've already spoken about can take any run to the house, whereas I struggled with Spiller on that part. Um, but he's also been very consistent production-wise all the way through his collegiate career. So that's why I've got him at three at the moment. Yeah, so I I, I don't like Isaiah Spiller. I think, he to give you the info, so he ran a 4.63 at his pro day. He didn't run at the combine, okay. um, which is, you know, p- partly of the reason why he fell down draft boards. Um, look, Isaiah Spiller is my RB3, but if you said to me that I can take Isaiah Spiller as a, with an early second round pick, or I can take any of the next running backs, you know, any of the next 10 running backs with a third or fourth round pick, I'm I'm preferring the, the, the lottery tickets. To me, this draft class in terms of the running back position is the two top guys. And I absolutely love Brees Hall and I'm I'm okay with Kenneth Walker. But I'm I'm all about those those late round flyers at the running back position, those third and fourth round picks. I'm I'm certainly not gonna be spending a second round pick on any any running back in this draft class because as I said, outside of those top two, I, I, I just don't particularly like it. I think, you know, Isaiah Spillery comes in, so he's a 72nd percentile player in my model. Um, his distinct lack of weight-adjusted speed score really hits him. I think, yes, he, he produced well, you know, in a, a good school in the SEC, but I'm I'm not excited about him as a prospect. And I, I tweeted out today some players that I'm going to end up with a lot of, players that I'm going to end up with a, not a lot of, um, and I think he's definitely one that I'm probably going to end up with none of because, um, yeah, at the cost he's going to go at, which is probably going to be that late first, early second in most drafts, I'm, I'm quite happy for somebody else to go and grab him. Yeah. Um, again, don't we all know that you love your late round uh, running backs, but I, I'm with you. Uh, I think the cost is going to outweigh the value. Um but let's move on to the running back four. What we're going to do, Rich, because we've got uh, a slight disagreement, we'll start off with your running back four, uh, which is Brian Robinson, but I have him at five. Um, so why have you got him at four and why have I got him at five is the question. I really liked him on tape. Um, I think the one thing I have a question about is the one-year production but he played for Alabama without trying to make excuses, Rich. Um, it's a very tough school to get the carries. So I can understand why he had one year worth of production and did really well in that one year. But I think that's the one thing that's shying me away at the moment. Can you convince me to put him at four? I think for me, these next three guys that I've got, some RB4, RB5 and RB6, I've got them back to back to back in terms of my rookie ranks, but I've also got them that way in my my veteran ranks. So I've got Brian Robinson as my RB34. I've got Rashad White as my RB36 and Zamir White as my RB37. And to me, these three are all in a tier and it's basically a what do you fancy kind of, of thing. And I think that Brian Robinson is the guy I'd probably feel safest about over those three. I think he's going to be a solid... 1B, potentially 1A, committee back. Um, I think he does everything well, but does nothing exceptionally. Um, and I feel quite comfortable that that he's going to be a, a solid, you know, NFL running back. I'm happy with that. Rashad White is your pass catcher. I think he could be an absolute steal. I think if he ends up in the right situation, he's got kind of like a David Johnson potential. But I think his floor is like a Naeem Hines usage, you know, I hate saying James White because everybody says James White, but I think <laughs> that's, he is an elite receiving back potential, that satellite back. And then Zimir White is, you know, nicknamed Zeus for a reason. That I think that he's got, you know, if he didn't have those two horrific injuries, we could potentially be talking about him in the, the Kenneth Walker tier. He's got the elite upside. And if he puts it all together and and at the next level, he could be incredible. But he doesn't come without risk because of those injuries, because of, you know, the way his career went um, with Georgia and, you know, the fact that he he was sharing the backfield with with James Cook over the last year. 
Um, so it's it's kind of a those three are very much in a tier for me, and it's like a what do you fancy? Do you fancy the safe guy in Brian Robinson? Do you fancy the pass catcher in Rashad White, or do you fancy the potentially boom bust pick in in Zamir White? And and that's why I've got them four, five, six in in that order. So um, for for you listeners, I've got Zamir White at four, Brian Robinson at five, and then a different RB six. Um, Richard White is my RB10. Which is outrageous. Why are you so low on Rashad White? Um, I didn't see it on the tape, honestly. I just couldn't get behind it. I I don't really know how to explain it. Um, He he was shifty enough. I I think he could have been better in every category that I could see. Are you concerned about him only, only being a third down back at the next level? I think that is a main concern, yes. But I think he's probably the one that can change the most with draft capital because I'm probably predicting him now. Um, let me check, actually, because I did do predictions. Uh, so I'm predicting him as a fifth-round pick, um, just as off the top of my head, kind of what I saw on the tape, what I think the NFL is going to see and what they're going to want from him. Um, but if he gets taken in the fourth or even the third round, he's going to jump up because, as I said, I don't have him very highly in my uh, in my predictions, as in NFL round, sorry, just to kind yeah, of clarify so I'm, just looking, I'm just looking at grinding the mocks have got him as the 108th overall pick in terms of, so that's 129 mock drafts. Um They've got him 108 overall, which is an early fourth round pick, they reckon. And he's the RB6. If he goes early fourth, um, I'd bump him up, depending on where the other guys that I've got ahead of him go. But I think I'm more sceptical about him purely because of the way that he was used in college. And I don't know how that's going to um, be seen in the NFL. Um, But yeah. Um, let's move on. I just want to talk about one last one. I know this is seven, Rich, before seven running backs before you jump on me, but I've got a different RB6, and I can see you've got him at RB7. So that is Tyler Beatty. How how do you feel about Tyler Beatty? Why is he your seven rather than any higher? And I can see that you've got him quite a bit behind the the previous pack, shall we say, the previous tier. Yeah, I I really like Tyler Beatty. Um, he popped well in my model. He was 91st percentile in terms of pre-draft. Um, I, I really liked what I saw on tape. I think, you know, he's he's produced well. He's played well um, in terms of elite competition in the SEC. The reason he's low for me, um, I think I'm still higher than consensus in terms of having him at RB7. Um, but the reason I'm low is that I, I just, you know, expected draft capital is is low and I don't think he's expected to be a I think he's a sixth or seventh round pick in terms of grinding the mocks um so yeah look if if he finds his way potentially into day two early day three he'll likely climb for me um because there's nothing there that I dislike um I just don't think that the NFL are going to love him um the way that perhaps they could um, and therefore, I think his his you know it's hard to rank him in in the top six when he's not going to be nothing more than a, a late round pick. I get that. I feel like he's going to be a bit higher, but again, I'm sat in my bedroom right now talking to you on a dynasty podcast. I'm not in a front office, so my prediction is useless. Basically, you could have um, thought me. I thought you were sat in a. The LA Rams uh, draft room right now, Liam. So uh, I'm I'm shocked to oh, hear. Of course, yeah. As it, as if it's not sunny enough outside right now. Come on, Rich. Let's be realistic. <laughs> so, Rich, let's move on to the wide receivers. Um, so, by the looks of it, we, we've had a couple of texts, uh, or at least a couple of conversations, shall I say, over the past week or so. Um, and you think I'm outrageous, but we'll let we'll we'll get round to that. Yeah. Um. So at running uh, at wide receiver one, sorry, we both have Garrett Wilson. 
Now, you've got him as your wide receiver 14 in Dynasty rankings. Um, I kind of like that spot for him. Uh, I might have to steal that one. But yeah, I, I kind of like that spot, wide receiver 14-ish. But Garrett Wilson, I, I liked everything on the tape that I saw. Um, he, I, in my opinion, feels like the most complete wide receiver. And I also think he's going to be the first off the board. And that's going to play a big part in both of our rankings. Um going in the first round and going early in the first round. Rich, I can see you want to get in. So there you yeah, go. I, go. I, I really like Garrett Wilson. I think he's got a fantastic release package. I think he's a very good route runner. I think he's polished. You know, he he outproduced Chris Olave, which is, you know, another receiver that I love this year. <laughs> um last in in the last season with Ohio State. And and I think that this is a guy that for me is going to be a you know a dynasty wide receiver too the second he steps on the field and I that's why I've got him ranked there. You know, I've, I've got him one spot ahead of Devonta Smith. Um, I have very little concerns over Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, he's 95th percentile prospect in terms of the model. Um, he's a 77 in terms of the reception perception single score that I use. So I'm I'm very high on uh, on Garrett Wilson and think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm with you. So this is where you're going to call me outrageous. So your wide receiver two is my wide receiver five, and my wide receiver two is your wide receiver four. So we really don't agree with this ranking, but Rich, you've got Drake London. We'll start there. Your wide receiver two, my wide receiver five. Go on. I, 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 go I can't. Straight away. I, I'll be honest, I kind of want you to go first because I want you to try to explain how you've got him at five. I think look, this is a guy that is a elite producer at the catch point. I think he, he does everything you'd want, uh, you know, a prototypical X receiver to do. I think he's produced in an offense where he's had NFL caliber wide receivers lined up opposite him and, and has outproduced them. Um, I think he's he's going to get Decent draft capital. I think he's probably going to be a top 15 pick come Thursday. Um, I've got very few concerns. I, I know the the one thing you're going to say is that he separates or, or, or wins with contested catches. And I think that that gets thrown around as a, a negative by a lot of people. When you look at, you know, Nikhil Harry and JJ Sega whiteside and people like that that struggled at the catch point. But the same can be said about Jamar Chase. And, you know, in college, he won because he bullied smaller DBs and he won at the catch point. And I think for me, Drake London, with his basketball background, I think that allows him to separate late. That allows him to win with body position and it allows him to have that high number of contested catch wins. And I think that for me, I don't see those contested catches as a negative because I think that, this whether you and I said this on on the show with Mike whether you separate at the release during the route or at the catch point I don't care as long as you separate and you know you've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave that that separate at points one or two you've got Jameson Williams that separates with speed and you've got Drake London that separates late I don't I think all three of those translate to the NFL because I think Drake London has tools that allow him to separate at the NFL level. It's not a Nikhil Harry who was just bigger and stronger than college receivers and therefore when he got to the NFL couldn't separate. I really think and believe that Drake London will be a success. Um, You know, I'm I'm pretty high. Um, Where have I got him? I got him wide receiver 19. So that's one spot behind Elijah Moore. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm high on this overall wide receiver draft class. I, I really believe in all of them. Um, but yeah, if I could move Drake London higher, I would quite frankly. Um, I do like this draft class a lot. Let's just start off with that. (laughs) And I'll also start off with, it's not the fact, or I don't, how do I word this? I don't, don't like contested catch situations if someone wins in a contested catch situation that's always going to be a plus if they lose in it that's always going to be a negative obviously but i don't put a lot of stock into contested catches and i 
purely for the reasons that you've said around Nikhil Harry, JJ, um, JJ Ortega, Whiteside, alongside a plethora of other receivers. I like that he wins them, but I don't put as much stock into it as other people do, i.e. you by the sounds of it. <laughs> the big, again, coming to his roots, um, one thing that I said to you when I told you my rankings and you basically slandered me on private message um, about London was his route running. And, and again, I'm not saying that I don't like the fact that he separates late in terms of um, as, as a negative overall. I think it's a positive. Obviously, he's separating at some point. But my concern is if he's separating late and, uh, as you say, you, you come to the NFL, the, the corners are bigger. The, they're going to be a bit more agile than college corners, or at least most of them. Then what's he going to win with if he doesn't win with that? And that's the part that I am most concerned about. I will say that I see a massive teardrop after Drake London. I have the top five and then a, a huge tier between them and every every other wide receiver. So I'm not saying that I don't like London. I just don't like him as much as the other wide receivers, especially when I watch him on tape. Production-wise, he, he's good. I, I can't say he, he's not. He's a top-end producer. Um, I do prefer some other production profiles, but I suppose he's not my type of uh, wide receiver. I prefer speedy guys, yak guys, whereas he kind of feels like, even though he can break tackles because he's so big that he's hard to bring down, I do also believe that that isn't going to translate as well as people think to the NFL. Um and I can I know that you're ready to drive all the way to my house and attack me for this, but I just don't see him producing wide receiver two numbers immediately. I think it'll take him a little bit to get there, um, just acclimatizing to the NFL. But I'm not brawling it out, and I think that he is one of the top five wide receivers in this class. And as I said, there's a huge teardrop after them. It's just I really struggle with winning late in a route because if that doesn't work in the next level, which is most likely the part of the route where it's probably not going to work well in the NFL, then what else is he going to win with? The fact he's six foot five and bigger than every corner in the league. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right, Rich. We could sit here. This is another another yeah. Sam Howell situation. We could sit here and we could argue about this. I mean, if the NFL do take him as the first wide receiver, top ten, then I'll relook at it. But I. <laughs> I just struggle with let's, him. Let's move on to your, your wide receiver two so that we can uh, have some more disagreement. <laughs> Go on then. My wide receiver two is Jameson Williams. Your wide receiver four, Rich. Do you want to go first this time or are you happy for I, me to take it? I, I don't dislike Jameson Williams, okay? He's my wide receiver. exactly what I'm saying. He's my wide receiver 25 overall. I think that he's going to be a better NFL wide receiver than a fancy wide receiver. I think that he, you know, does things from a, an offensive standpoint that don't translate to fancy points. And I think, you know, he he shifts coverage. He brings that safety over the top just with his speed. I think he's going to be one of these guys, you know, um, oh, who's the Ravens guy? Toy Smith that, that produced an obscene amount of um, – PI yards every year because he was faster and guys kept grabbing him. And I fully foresee that as Jameson Williams at the next level. Um, I, I I like him, but I just love the three guys ahead of him more. For me, there's three guys, then a teardrop with Jameson Williams, and then another teardrop to, to the next guys we're going to talk about. Yeah. See, I'm going to sit here and say that's okay. And you are going to have to understand how to do that for when I talk about Dre London, because that 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 basically sums up what I'm talking about. They're different players, but I just see them as different tiers, that's all. 
Um, Jamison Williams, for me, I understand what you're saying about being a better NFL and wide receiver. He's going to stretch the field wherever he's put. Safety is always going to have to account for him running a, a deep route. But for me, if a, if an NFL team decide to take him and don't always put him on those deep routes just to stretch the field and start using him in yak situations, that's where I start to see the fancy production coming in because he stops being more like a, an expensive MVS and becomes more like a kind of like what Tyreek was prior to last year. Like... He, he, people don't realise how many yak yards Tyreek had, and I think that that's kind of not to the same level. I'm not, I don't ever predict top level comps, but I think if he's used in a yak situation, then he's going to have a lot more fancy production than people realise if they're speak if they're thinking like that. I wouldn't hate to see him used like Miami used um, Jalen Waddle last year in terms of that short yes. intermediate get the ball in his hands and, and let him go look i yes he's he's my wide receiver four and i've taken some you know some comments about him being low as i said he's my wide receiver 25 overall you know current adp per dlf have got him at wide receiver 29 so i'm higher than consensus in terms of where i have him it's just that i'm a little bit lower in terms of where i have him in this class yeah, I, I get it. Because as we both said multiple times, we love the top five in this class. Um, let's carry on. So you've top six. got... Top six. Top six. Okay. Okay. Top six. <laughs> <laughs> so um, your wide receiver three, Rich. Uh, Chris Olave is my wide receiver four. Um, as you've said, Garrett Wilson outproduced him and... That is insane considering how well Alave played. Um, I, when I watched the tape, I absolutely loved Alave. I loved his route running. Um, he, he doesn't just win with speed. Subtle movements in his route running really throw corners off. Um, and I think that's going to translate well to the NFL. Rich, I'm interested to hear your opinion on Alave. And I know the only reason that we have him any differently is because I've got Jameson Williams higher. I, I absolutely love Chris Olave. You know, uh, you, uh, those top three, so Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, are pretty much interchangeable to me. Um, it feels like Olave is the consensus wide receiver five, or, or some, in some cases six, in terms of this draft class. Um, and, and I'm happy with that because that means I'm probably going to end up with loads of him. I think he's a smooth operator. I've got no concerns about him translating to next level. I think he's probably the guy that produces best in, in that rookie season. I think he's going to walk in and, and be a consummate pro immediately. Um, I'm really, really excited about him. I've got very few concerns. Um, you know, he, he produced at elite rates pretty much every year in, in college. Um, the one knock on him is that he's a late declare, but I think for me, I kind of give a little bit of leeway with everything that's going on with COVID and all that kind of thing. I think, that he could easily have come out last year and been a first round pick. And the fact that he's gone back to try and win national type championship, the fact that everything with COVID that was going on, I, I don't knock him at all. Um, so yeah, he's, he's my wide receiver three. Um, I've got him literally back to back with London in terms of my overall ranks. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very high on Lava and, and comfortable that I'm going to get a lot of him in, in terms of rookie drafts and, uh, and potential startups in, uh, in the next few months. Yeah, he's one person that I'm really hoping to get a lot more uh, or get a lot of shares of. Um, so, moving on, Rich, we've spoken about Jameson Williams. Is there anything you want to add there? No. Your wide receiver four. Okay, so your wide receiver five, and keen listeners will have heard, you haven't heard my wide receiver three, and that's because it's this guy, Traylon Burks. Rich. I'm going to hand it over to you because I want to see why you've got him lower, much lower than I have. I I like Traylon Burks, okay? Let's give that... He's my wide receiver 30. It's not that I dislike him, okay? But I don't see this super hype that everybody keeps talking to me about. I think he's a raw prospect. 
I don't think he's the level of athlete that people are pitching him to be. Um, I think he's got, you know, incredible ceiling and potential. But I think whenever there's a guy that's big, that's fast, that's good with the ball in his hands, we we overhype them. And I don't think he's going to be an elite producer. So, yeah, he, he's wide receiver five for me. Um, there is He is a tier below the top four. Um, and he is pretty much back to back with uh, with my wide receiver six, who who I also really like. I know you keep saying there's a top four, but to me, um, I really believe there's a top six. So um, personally, I understand your point around not seeing it translating into elite production. Um, I I struggled when I looked at the tape the first time round just because. He, his roots weren't crisp enough for me. I I suppose I'm more of a speed guy when it comes to wide receivers, but I found that he found separation a lot earlier than a guy we've already spoken about, Drake London. But I really enjoyed his tape from terms of he didn't just go down on any play. He, he always found a way to get open and he stayed up upon first contact 90% of the time from again that's an exaggeration but um a lot of the time so I I get your point and I think Traylon Burks is very close to Chris Olave it's kind of like a 3A 3B situation um and that could change with the draft with where they go and who they go to I suppose and as you really, really, really want to hammer this point home about there being a top six, not a top five, um, we're both in consensus um, or we're, we're both in agreement that this guy is our wide receiver six, and that is Jahan Dotson. Rich, why have you got Jahan Dotson there? I, I really like him. I really, really like him. I think he's he flashes in the, in the model. Um, he's a... 85th percentile pre-draft. Um, I think he's probably going to sneak into the back end of the first round when it comes to the NFL draft. He's a 74 in the, the reception perception single single number scale, which puts him fourth in the fifth in the class. So behind Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore, and Drake London. Um, I think. He's, you know, I, I have very few concerns about him translating to the next level. I think he is going to come in and be a solid NFL wide receiver too. Um, I think from a fantasy production, I think he can easily produce wide receiver two, wide receiver three seasons for you. Um, he's my wide receiver 33 in terms of my overall ranks, which when you consider his ADP at the moment is wide receiver 47. Um, I think that shows you just how much I uh, I like John Dotson. I agree with everything you said. I think his roots are really crisp. And yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you've said, apart from where you've got him in your dynasty rankings. I, when I come around to doing them, I don't think I'll have him at wide receiver 33. Um, I think I'm a little bit lower. I think wide receiver 30, probably 8 to 42-ish range sounds about right. Um, just off the top of my head. But I, I understand why you feel so strongly about Dotson. I, I completely see it as well. I just don't think I'm as high as you. Now, because we don't have much time, Rich, I'm going to um, just highlight some of the names that we've got in uh, the wide, our wide, rece- wide receiver ten, top 10, sorry, um, just to round it out. So at the moment, you have George Pickens, at seven, I've got him at eight. Um, I, I really like the. I really like Pickens. I can't fault him too much. Um, where do you want to go with it, Rich? No, I just quickly dive in. I, I really like George Pickens. I think if I look back in a year time, years time, he's likely to be the one that I'm most wrong on. Um, I think he could be a really good, you know, typical X receiver at the next level. Um, the injury concerns me slightly, the, the lack of production over the last two years because of the injury. Um, but look, he, it's, it's not that I hate him. You know, he's my wide receiver 41. I'm higher than consensus in terms of his ADP. It's just that 
I'd prefer six guys ahead of him in this class, quite frankly. Um, so my wide receiver seven is Christian Watson, who you've also got at wide receiver nine. Um, he's a guy that I wasn't too interested in to start off when I watched his tape, and then I went back to see what I was missing because I had him extremely low. Um, and I, I found that one thing that I really knocked him on was reliance on contested catch situations. It must have just been the games that I watched um, because obviously I don't have the time to go and watch every single game of every single player. Um, I think it was just the get certain games that I watched, he, he m- must have caught more contested catches than other games. Because um, when I went back, I had to readjust his rank um, quite significantly and bumped him up to wide receiver seven. Is there anything you want to add there, Rich? I think he's a great route runner, but again, it, he's got the top end speed. I just hope that he can separate a little bit more and a little bit more cleanly at the next level. No, I'll be honest, Chris, Christian Watson's the point at which I kind of turn away from wide receivers in this in this um, draft and, and where I'm at in terms of rookie drafts. I can see myself drafting all of the top eight. Um, but at that point in the draft, we're talking, you know, end of the second round. That's the point at which I'm I'm turning around and, and drafting running backs. Um, I, I I don't love Christian Watson. I think he relies too much on that speed, um, and I'm I'm not. He's not the kind of guy that I'm going to take, basically. So yeah, for me, that's he's he's the cutoff. I, I really like the top eight, and I think I can see myself drafting all of the top eight. But after that, I'm I'm probably just going to punt and. Uh, Go and draw some running backs instead. Again, I can see it, but um, there's a few more that we should talk about, Rich. So you've got Sky Moore at wide receiver eight. I've got him at wide receiver nine. Um, I think that he kind of feels like an Elijah Moore, but not as good. Um, (laughs) And I I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, he might go in the first round to the Packers or may even go... Um, like early second round and if he does then I'll have another look but even then if I can't see it personally I think he's going to go a bit later and he's going to disappoint in the draft Sky Moore's like my wide receiver kryptonite he's small school early declare elite <laughs> route runner that's gonna can play outside but also play in the slot like he's he's everything that I fall in love with when it comes to wide receivers I'm doing everything I can to keep him you know, feet on the ground and not rank him too high. He's, you know, Mahomes got him in reception reception as as the best route runner in this class. Um, he's he produces his ninety first percentile prospect in my model. Um, I really really like Sky Moore. Um, if he got first round draft capital, he he'd probably break into my top five or six. I'm, he he does everything. Um, the, the concern is, is he just going to be a slot receiver at the next level? And and I don't think he will be, um, but that's the sort of thing that's keeping him at eight. Um, but again, you know, we're, we're talking about eight wide receivers there that I really like and I feel comfortable having on my dynasty roster as a, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, if, if you can get Sky Moore in the middle of the second round, come rookie day, rookie drafts, um, I think you're going to be pretty happy because I do think he is going to be a guy that produces for you very quickly. Understandable. And for those listeners that have got confused because I've been throwing names and numbers around everywhere, Rich's top eight that he's just spoken about is Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens and Sky Moore. Um I'm only going to mention these two. I'm not going to dive into them, Rich. But at 10, we both have a different wide receiver. Um, You've got David Bell and I've got John Mechie. Um, I really like John Mechie and I quite like David Bell when I looked at the tape. But I just can't get him higher in my uh, ranks at the moment. Um, I do want to go and take another look at them, though. Anything to add there before I move on to the tight ends? Nope. So let's move on to the tight ends, Rich, and uh, close this show out. And I think this is going to be a very fast segment. I think we both like the wide receivers and really don't like this um, tight end class. So at one, you've got Trey McBride. I have him at uh, tight end three. Um, 
but I'm just going to clarify this with I'm not drafting any of these tight ends until late third, fourth round. Um, I just don't draft tight ends in rookie drafts. I'd rather use them for um, I'd rather use them for picks as like late round picks um, as wide receivers or running backs. Sorry. So, Rich, feel free to dive in there. Trey McBride, you got him at one. I've got him at three. Yeah, we can we can keep it quick. Look, Trey, Trey McBride, I'm okay with. I think he's going to be a solid NFL pro. I think he's a, you know he does everything. He is a, a a solid producer, and I think you know I can keep saying solid over and over again. But that's basically him. But to echo basically what you've said, look, I'm I'm not spending draft capital on any of these guys. If I need a tight end, I might take Trey McBride when it comes to that middle of the second round. But outside of him, I'm just going to draft him for one. Um, there's none of these guys that I, I love. I think Isaiah Likely's got some really good potential. Um, I think Greg Dolchich, if, if he ends up in a good situation, could be good. And I think, look, I, I'll let you talk about Jelani Woods because I know <laughs> uh, you're, you're overhyping him. But I think that, that I, I just don't think he's going to produce in the NFL. I think that, that body type and the way he plays, I just don't think it's going to translate. But um, yeah, you know, if, if you want to go and waste some draft capital, then go and dra- go and draft the rookie tight end. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the drafting tight end situation. I'd much rather pick them up off waivers. Um, I think they're just disappointing the first year, unless there are a pits, and even then, he disappointed for the draft capital that people spent on him. Most likely, um, then I, I just don't I don't bother with tight ends in rookie drafts. Um, so for listeners, your top four are the same as my top, or the same names as top four, but we've got them in a completely different order. So, um, you've got tight end one is Trey McBride, tight end two is Isaiah Lightly, Greg Dolchich at three, and Jelani Woods at four. And I've got that basically flipped. I've got Jelani Woods, Greg Dolchich, um, Trey McBride, and Isaiah Lightly. Now, I I like Isaiah Lightly just because of the the type of tight end he is, um, but I want to see a little bit more from his blocking. Um, but that's I think the biggest thing with tight ends is the NFL will draft them completely differently to what we're looking at because we're looking for fancy relevant and. Uh, fancy relevant plays and the NFL have an entire second half of the tight end position which is blocking that they need to look at as well so I think some of these guys will get drafted in the fifth sixth round maybe um kind of like a Brevin Jordan from last year you know that I was uh high on him as a tight end sleeper um last year but he didn't go until the fifth or sixth round i think it was the fifth but that's just because his blocking wasn't there and eventually i do think that some of these players will get there the only reason i wanted to touch on jelani woods is yes i see what you're saying he's six seven and 252 pounds i I get what you're saying you don't think that it's going to translate to the nfl but he has the best um the best profile going into the draft in terms of his speed or speed score, um, his agility. I think he's just everything you want from a fancy relevant tight end if he can get good enough draft capital and go to a situation like the Texans last year with Brevin Jordan and have that opportunity. But it really depends on where he goes and I know that we tend to say that landing spot doesn't matter but for tight ends I believe it really does um but I think it matters in going into their second year if not going into their third year because that's when they're most likely to break out um Rich is there anything you want to add on Jelani Woods before we sign off no just don't don't draft any of them move on <laughs> so that section took like th- that that segment took like three minutes because neither of us want to draft them but um guys 
if you are doing anything for the draft, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, the draft is on Thursday, so please, if you don't at least watch the th- first round, go back and watch it because it is always fun, even if you skip through all the breaks and all the pick, uh, waiting for picks. If you have any questions about our rankings, feel free to message me or Rich. And until then, guys, enjoy the draft and we'll see you next week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.